Holy Spirit, should you desire to flow or function any further in any of the gifts or operations of the Spirit, have your way today. Be glorified in this service in Jesus' name. And everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout in. Amen. If you were prayed for and you believe that something has already manifested or you can sense something has already manifested in your physical body, would you just wave at me right now if you were... Look around the room. Look around the room. Praise God. Come on, let's give God glory for his healing power. And for those that you didn't raise your hand, I just want you to believe by faith that it's working in your body, even as we're speaking. And you'll have the full physical manifestation of it. You have it now. You'll walk in it very shortly. Hallelujah. Love on two or three people today. Tell them God bless you. Let them know that you're glad to see them. Then you can be seated. I want to welcome you if you're watching via Periscope today or Facebook Live. I want to welcome you to our services today. We're certainly glad to have you. You can follow along with the Version uh, Bible app. Just go to the bottom right corner. You'll see some bars there. Hit those bars. Go to the events section. Pull up Linked Up Church, and you can follow along with our notes. If you're physically sitting here in the building, then the PowerPoint will go up on the screen. We started last week talking about the grace of God in salvation. And so we want to pick up today in in week number two. But before we pick up there, let's just briefly go back to where we came from. We looked at a foundation text in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. And the backdrop to that was Paul was just sharing about all of his journeys and his travels. And he gets to Ephesus and he gets before the elders in Ephesus and he makes this profound statement to them after he tells them that everything that he had been through, all of the trappings that were there, Uh, prisons that were waiting on him, the Jews that were setting traps. He said in verse 24 of Acts chapter 20, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus. Then he told us what that ministry was, which was to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. So Paul was commissioned to proclaim a good message about God's grace. We know that the word gospel means good message and grace means good will, loving kindness, benefit, gift. It means joy. It means something unearned. So Paul, again, his whole purpose was to bring a good message about God's goodwill. And so anytime you go to church, folks, you should hear a good message about God's goodwill. He also talked about never perverting the gospel. And so the message becomes perverted when we make it about what we need to do. When we make it about works, then we make it legalism. But as long as we focus on what he did and what he's provided, then how many know it should liberate us and it should be a good message that should bring liberty to our hearts and souls? So anytime you're in a church, you should leave uplifted and not beaten down. Anyone in here agree with that? Church is supposed to lift up. It's never supposed to beat down. You're never supposed to feel worse after you leave church. You're supposed to feel better 
about yourself and your relationship with God. So if it's a message about what you need to do to get God to do something, it's perverted. But if it's a message about God and how much he loves you and how much he's done for you and how you need to respond to it, it's a good message. Last week, we focused in on the need. And all of us at one point in our lives, or even right now, we needed salvation. Anyone in here would agree with that. And so today, we want to focus in and we want to zero in on what we're calling today point number two, the provision. So you'll find with the character of God, there's never, ever a need in your life that he has not already provided provision for. And I don't care what you're going through right now, what your situation looks like. If you have a need, then your good God has already made provision. Does anyone believe that in this room? And so if we needed salvation, then a good father already put a plan in place to provide that long before we ever even realized it. Let's look at the provision today. In my intro, it's out of love that God has provided us his son. Because God loved us, he provided us his son. He sent Jesus to die so that we might have eternal life. And I don't know about you, if he did nothing else for me but give me eternal life, I'm forever grateful. And I'm eternally grateful. If he did nothing else but give me eternal life, I'm a grateful individual. But there's so much more in that package. Go with me to John chapter 3, verse 16. Very familiar verse here. We see it at football stadiums. We see it really all around the world. No matter where you go, someone's holding up John 3, 16. So it's out of love that God provided for us his son as the provision. John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the church. Is that what it said? Said, for God so loved the what? Folks, and if he loved the world, then we need to love the world. We've got to stop thinking about everything going on within these four walls. And there's a lost and dying world out there, listen to me, that he sent his son to die for. And he needs us to be co-laborers with him. For God so loved the world, that word world there is cosmos. And so it's certainly talking about the orderly arrangement of things. So he's saying here, everything that I created is good, and the way I created it is good. But man perverted it. So guess what, folks? If we want to change it, if man perverted it, then man has to change it. So we can't complain about it if we're not willing to do anything about changing our situations and our circumstances. But it actually means more than that. It's also the inhabitants that are in that orderly arrangement of things. And so God loves every person, regardless of what it is that they're doing right now. They can be lesbian. They can be gay. It doesn't matter where they're at right now. God still loves them, and he wants to change them. Amen. And they need to know that without being condemned and judged. Come on, somebody. The murderer needs to know that. Come on, the liar, the adulterer, every form of life needs to know that God loves them and God sent his son to die even for them in their current situation. And they need to know that without condemnation, that there's hope 
beyond their current situation. God so loved the world that he did something about it. Folks, we need to stop talking about people and start doing something about it. I'm telling you, it's not Christians. It's, it's not church that people don't like. It's the people that are in the church. They're tired of being talked about, looked down upon. They're tired of being around people who act like they're better than everybody else. Come on, somebody, who like they have something that nobody else has. No, God loves everyone the same. Listen to me. Even though you have it all right, God still loves them as much as he loves you. And we shouldn't let that puff us up and cause us to look down on other people. It should motivate us to do something about the condition that they're in. For God so loved the world that he gave his only born son. I only have one son. I wouldn't give him for anybody. Anybody else in here willing to be honest? You can say that all you want to. I'd lay him down. No, I wouldn't. I'd lay me down before I lay him down. I'll lay in front of him, but I won't lay him down. But God loved us so much that he gave his only born son. That whosoever believes in him, now I want to start off setting this up right from the beginning. Notice it was never anything you had to do to work for anything. The only thing you had to do was believe. Said that whosoever believes in him should not perish. That word perish there means experience destruction. Listen to me. If you are a born-again child of God and you believed in his son, there should be no forms of destruction in your life because that's a part of the package. They should not perish but have everlasting life or everlasting zoe or a life now in this present time the way God intended for you to live and then all throughout eternity. Folks, God saved you and delivered you to live a good life. And he sent his son to procure that. Go with me to 1 John chapter 4. So it's out of love that God has provided us his son. Look at 1 John chapter 4. Let's begin reading. Let's back up to verse 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. I want you to understand it's very difficult to say that, that I am in God and hate people. Watch this. this it's a paradigm shift. See, we want to love the people that are lovable. It's real easy for me to love my wife because she loves me. What about the ones that are hostile towards us? See, what you don't understand, a lot of times they're just reacting to what you put off. So when you act like they're the scum of the earth, they can sense that. A lot of times when we read this, we think it's just about our church friends. But how would they ever know how good he is unless we show them? How would they ever know what his love looks like unless we demonstrate it to them? 
In this, the love of God was manifested towards us. It was revealed that God has sent, well, beloved, let us also love one another, for love is of God, verse 7. And everyone who loves is born of God, watch this, and knows God. So in other words, the only way to really know that someone has a real relationship with God, watch their love walk. A lot of times we want to measure that by clothes and the kind of car a person drives. Hello, somebody. They can live in a nice house, but that doesn't mean anybody's home. No, how will we know someone has a real genuine relationship with God? Watch how they treat other people, especially people that don't know God. He who does not love does not know God. In this, verse 9, the love of God was manifested or revealed towards us that God has sent his only born son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and he sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. We're going to talk about that word propitiation today because it's an important word. But I want to, even before we get there, I want to focus in on something. If you look at the process that he bestowed upon us, it's the same process that he expects us to bestow on other people. You didn't love him first. Because then it would be about you and what you did. You didn't love him first. He loved you first. And then you responded to that love. Well, think about it. If that's what brought you in, then what's going to bring other people in? You can't sit around and wait on them to act right. They don't know what that looks like. Of course they lied on you. Of course they're cheating. Hello, that's all they know to do. That's the world, right? But, boy, what if we could in that very moment that they're at their worst, what if we can demonstrate to them our best? And then they respond to that like, wow, they did that for me even after I did all of that to them. Instead of the stuff that that really turns them even further off is when we act the way that they act. Right? Oh, you want to go there? Because I can show you how to go there. Oh, no, you picked the wrong day. Today is not that day. Come on, somebody. It shouldn't be that day for that kind of behavior. It should be the direct opposite. Because all they're really showing you is that they need somebody to love them. Gandhi made a quote one day, and that quote was, I believe in Christ. I just don't believe in the Christians who serve that Christ because they're a poor representation of who he is. He would have been a Christian, he said, had he not met one. Quote. What I'm trying to tell you, folks, thank God 
for everyone that's in this building. But this is but a small, listen to me, if there's 600 people in here, what is that to the 6.5 million people in metropolitan Atlanta who need to know that God loves them? So because God loved us, he sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. A propitiation by definition is a sacrifice designed to appease wrath. It is to atone or make amends or to make right. So therefore, God has offered his son as a sacrifice designed to appease himself. Because how many of you know we could never appease him? Which leads us to ask the question, why did he do it? And folks, I've got two points for you today as we talk about the provision. We answer the question, why did he do it? There are two reasons. Number one is out of justice. And number two is out of love. Let's look at number one today. Out of justice, God provided his son. So God is holy, and to satisfy his justice, sin must be punished. I'm so glad he punished his son and did not punish me. Because he'd still be punishing me for all the wrong I've done. Let me try this side of the room. Come on, somebody. And God knows if we were God, we're going to let you know for the rest of your life. You messed with the wrong one this time. Come on, we got family members haven't spoken to each other in years. Just to prove a point. What point are you really proving? We've got to grow up, church. We've got to stop loving coming to the building. And we've got to love leaving the building as much as we love coming to the building. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Because there's more work to do out there than there is in here. Go with me to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, and let's begin reading at verse 24. Now, you all might recall in the first week we read verse 23, right? In verse 23, it says, all have sinned, right, come short of the glory of God. How many of us know people who use that to sin? So in other words, don't mess with me about what I'm doing because all have sinned. <laughs> fall short. We all fall short. They write songs about this stuff. Right or wrong? Is that really what he was talking about? Right? And if you're really keeping it in context, he said all have sinned. That's past tense. Didn't say all are sinners. Folks, I'm not a sinner. I miss it from time to time. But I'm not a sinner. I don't wake up to practice sin. There's a difference. Everybody clear on that? 
right? So let's pick up with the rest of what he was saying. Look at verse 24. So if I'm saved, then I should actually be different. And if I'm really saved, I'm not looking for reasons to sin. I'm looking for reasons to be right. But I don't condemn myself if I miss it on my journey to be right. Why don't I condemn myself? Because he's not condemning me. Romans chapter 3, look at this language here. Being justified, which means declared righteous or innocent by God. Somebody say, I am righteous right now. Somebody say, I am innocent right now. So if God made you that way, don't let somebody else talk down to you. Come on, I'm preaching better than anybody in here saying amen. I'm talking about even in your current situation, it does not change what he made you. Watch this. But it's what he made you that allows you to change. Oh, y'all wasn't ready for that. Once you realize what he made you, then you will naturally desire to change. Being justified or declared righteous or innocent freely, watch this, by what you did, by his what? By his grace, his goodwill, his loving kindness, his benefit, his gift, his joy, something that you didn't earn, right? He did this for you because it was the right thing to do. What God was saying is if I created you, and a problem came as a result of what I created, then it's only right that I provide provision for them to get out of the problem that they're in. Because a real man will always take responsibility for what he created. And that's all God is saying is, I created it, so I'm taking responsibility for it, and I'm providing the provision so that they can be what I designed for them to be in the first place. Is that not a good father? He says, through the redemption, the ransom, that word redemption there means ransom, paid in full, that is in Christ Jesus. Notice you have nothing to do with this. This is all about what somebody has done for you because they love you so much. And the only expectation that they have is that you'll actually receive and believe what has been provided for you through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, whom God has set forth as a propitiation, again, something that was designed to appease his wrath, a sacrifice by his blood. The blood was the only thing that could appease his wrath through faith. That's assurance, pistis there, belief, to believe in, trust, or to have total reliance in. Our job is simply to put all of our stock, listen to me, in what he did, not in what we do. So you know you're in trouble when you're repeating back to him what you did. God, I tied. I served. I, how did you let this happen to me? Wow. That's a works mentality. So, in other words, that's like some kind of gimmick. If I do this, God, you said you'd do that. And, folks, that's not the way this works. It works this way. God, you've already done this. So, this is how I'm responding to you. You see the difference? 
just not I tithe, I do this. It's no, God, you've blessed me. You've been so good to me. And it's such an honor to return back to you what rightfully belongs to me. Watch this. If you've never done anything else for me but give me eternal life, it's more than worth it. But I know you're even better than that, so I thank you that you've healed my body already while I have a physical. I, I thank you. I already know that I'm healed from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Not, God, I gave and look at the bills. No, God, I'm giving in response, so I know that you've already taken care of the bill for me. There's a difference, folks. Do you understand? Because in reality, you don't have a need that he has not already provided the solution for. Why did he do this? To demonstrate his righteousness. He had a desire, folks, to show you that he was right regardless of what people did. And that's real maturity, folks. If we're going to emulate him, when you can do what's right because it's right, you are imitating the Father. But if you can only do good to people who do good to you, we're no different than the world. You all ready for a little bit more of this? Things that make you go. So he did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, his self-restraint or tolerance, or or as we would say, long-suffering. Now, again, I want you to understand, for thousands of years, he watched man just get worse and worse. And he tolerated that. Because he had you on his mind. Once again, I mean, most people would have had one chance to do something like that to us. Moses out there making, up in the mountain, Aaron out there making a calf. Come on, somebody. And they down there partying, talking about these be our gods. We'd have thrown them right in the fire with their gods. Watch this and just start it all over again. Next group come up, they mess up, we kill all of them off. Am I right or wrong? But not God. God was tolerant. He kept putting up with that because he needed you to get in. I just want that to sink in for a moment. Because at any point, he could have wiped this whole thing out. But he had you on his mind. Somebody ought to lift their hands and thank the Father that he was thinking about you and that he was tolerant. Come on, he was patient. Come on, somebody. He he had forbearance. Come on, somebody. He could see past all of that and say, you know what? I'm going to be right because I'm right, not because they're wrong. So God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. One commentary said he passed over generations of sins that he just closed his eyes to so that he could be right. Folks, if that doesn't make you want to treat him right for the rest of your life, I don't know. Think about that. He passed over generations of sins. Just because he said, I have to be right because I created mankind. So I have to have provision for him. 
You know, when I thought about that and I meditated on that, I started thinking about Matthew chapter 6. You know how Matthew chapter 6 says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added onto you. In that context, he's telling you not to worry. Because what he's saying is I have to be responsible for what I created. But watch this. He didn't say you didn't have to do anything. He actually told you what to do. Seek first his kingdom. So notice what he's saying in here. In there. When you just make what's important to me important to you, I take care of every need that you have. I understood that from this perspective. I understood that because I have children, right? Every time they do what's expected, they get more than what they expected. But watch this. Even when they don't measure up, I don't stop providing for them. They don't just get the fullness. But I still meet their basic needs. Isn't that good? All right. To demonstrate at this present time his righteousness that he might be just. See, it was all about him. He might be right and that he might be the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. I thank God I'm one of the ones. Come on, anybody else in here, thank God that you are one of the ones. God said, I'm going to be patient for thousands of years for just that one that will believe. But I thank God it's more than one. But listen, folks, he's not satisfied. If he died for the world, then he wants to win the world. So we've got work to do. When's the last time you just shared the love of God with somebody that doesn't know him? I didn't ask you when the last time you came to church. When's the last time you just saw someone who just needed to see his love? And that doesn't always look like, do you know Jesus? That doesn't always look like if you were to die today, do you know? Nobody really wants to hear that. That might just look like, hey, I see you have a need. I want to be a blessing to you. It just might be they lost a loved one. And you decided to send food over to their home. Well, you don't know what they did to me. Yeah, but I know what you did to God. And he still died for you. Isn't this good? I'm ready to be the kind of church that God is calling us to be. So much so, folks. I'm no longer even going to measure by attendees because I won't get caught up in numbers. How many people? We we have about 500 committed members out of the 4,000 who attend. Maybe 1,000. Maybe 1,000. That's the reality. The reality. Can I just be so honest in here that you all won't even believe that I was that honest? <laughs> the challenge is, folks, the LBG community and all the rest of these things are more committed to their cause than we are to ours. Oh, did he say that? 
here. See, then we wonder why their movement is progressing at the pace that it's progressing at. It's real simple. They're committed. See, while we're going to church, they're committed. We have the truth. They have a lie. But they're progressing further because they're more committed. Let's wind down. He did this out of love. So he did it out of justice because it was the right thing to do. Anyone glad he did the right thing for you? Then he did it out of love to demonstrate how his grace functions. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 1. We'll come on down to home straight. Ephesians chapter 1. See, I'm dreaming about a church that feeds a community just because. I'm not talking about do you have a card? Are you a card-carrying member? You don't need to be. You just need to be a human being that needs food. We almost got to check them at the door. Let me see your card. I'm glad he didn't treat us that way. He just let us come as we are. Watch this. And he was even feeding us when we didn't want nothing to do with him. It's amazing how we get it, and then all of a sudden, it's exclusive. It's only for us and our denomination. People wear denominations like dog chains. When he didn't die for a denomination, he didn't say, God so loved your denomination. He loved the world. So then what do we let Satan do? Separate us based off a of denomination. So what we doing? Fighting with each other over whether you pray in tongues or you don't pray in tongues. They got the gifts of the spirit. They don't have the gifts of the spirit. That's not the issue. Do you have Jesus? And Jesus should unite all of us. But here we go with our pens and we, we're exclusive. And the world can see that. What church you go to? God's church. Thank God he gave the church a name, but it's all one universal body. And if we stop thinking about a name in a building, then we can all get together and do something special for God. See, I go to these prayer breakfasts and all of that. First thing they want to know is, what ch what's your church? What denomination is that? Because, see, they're getting ready to make a decision whether or not they can. Watch this or, or this question. Who are you affiliated with? This is how I'm getting ready to start a answering that question. Jesus. Are you affiliated with him as well? Because if you're affiliated with him, then we can be affiliated with each other. Come on, I believe I'm just making Satan so upset in this place. Come on, can we give God a good shout of praise in here today? 
Now I'm understanding why God raised me up. Folks, I had it to be I had to be put out so I could grow up. If I could see him today, I'd kiss him on his forehead and say, thank you, sir, for the greatest gift you could have ever given me. You gave me the gift, the ability to grow up. Hallelujah. 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 That's for somebody in here. Sometimes getting fired is the best thing that could have ever happened to you. Now you get to discover how great you actually can be. Ephesians chapter 1. He did it out of love. He said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That word blessed there is an expression of praise. It's known in the Hebrew as baraka, which means bestowing something upon someone. And so Paul is starting out, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can we go ahead and bless our God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ? Come on, let's just lift our hands, open up our mouths. Come on, let's, let's bless him. God, you are good. You are wonderful. You are great. There is none like you, God, in all the earth. You're awesome and mighty in all of your ways. God, you are wonderful. You're mighty. You're miraculous. You're marvelous. And we love you today. We baraka you today. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, do a little bit more. Just baraka your God. Come on, tell him he's good. Come on, tell him he's great. Tell him how much you love him. Come on, let him know how good he's been to you. Go baraka your God. Hallelujah. He said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us? Different word there for blessed. It means to bestow upon. So the first one, we're bestowing something on him. The second one, he's bestowing something on us. And he's empowering us, folks, with every spiritual blessing that we will ever need in this life. You've got something on you and in you that causes you to succeed in every aspect of your life. Come on, this, come on, what God put on you is fail proof. Come on, and it will cause everything to work in your life if you'll just work it the way it was designed to work. So notice how this works. We bestow something on him. He releases something on us. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, again, refers to a range of blessings that are made available in Christ Jesus. I need you to understand that you are, if you are in Christ, then he has already blessed you with everything you will ever need in this life, spiritually, 
physically, socially, emotionally. He's already bestowed that upon you. And as long as you stay in him, you just walk in and pick up and manifest and gather more and more of what he's already provided for you. Folks, it's a lie from the pit of hell. You don't have to struggle. Come on, somebody. You don't have to toil. Come on, you just got to believe that God has already provided everything you will ever need in this life. I don't know any good parents that have not provided food, clothing, shelter, and the basic needs that their children will have all the days of their lives. Folks, that's what's on you. Hallelujah. 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 Stop asking God to bless you. You are already blessed. You're not trying to get blessed. You're not doing something so God can bless you. He already blessed you the moment you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And even if you've never accepted him as your, your personal Lord and Savior, he's still been good to you because that's how he draws you in. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. What is he talking about here? This is something formally applied to Israel alone. But in the progression, folks, now it also applies to us. He has now, it affects believers to be able to receive the same blessings that were on the children of Israel. They have been mediated through Jesus Christ, folks. So you should be blessed coming in and blessed going out. You should be above only and not believe. You should be the head and not the tail. You should be the lender and not the borrower and you should be that all the days of your life. You're either on the journey towards becoming that or you are that right now. But if you'll stay on that path, you'll be everything that he promised you'll be before you leave this earth. I wish I had a little bit more faith in this room today. Folks, we are not just going to pay off buildings. We will pay off land. We will pay off finishing buildings, not because we're great, but because he is so great, and he loves his children that much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're struggling, it's because you want to, not because you have to. And there is a difference. He chose you. I love that. I didn't even choose him. He chose me. So many people, single people, listen to me. You cannot be chosen by anything greater than God. Why would you feel bad about going somewhere and no one said anything to you? What you don't understand is he protected you. They weren't the right people to say something to you. You can't see that any other way. And you've got to know you've already been chosen at the highest level. So don't accept anything less than what he's already provided for you. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I've been chosen. Man, doesn't that feel good to know that God wanted you? Can I just be transparent for a moment? You know why I married my wife? Because I believe she wanted me. 
And there was no greater feeling in the world than to believe that somebody wanted me and wanted to spend the rest of their life with me. That was empowering. And vice versa. I, I would pray that she believed the same thing. That I married her because I wanted her. That's a blessing. But guess what's a greater blessing? I thank God that on the natural side, I get to experience that. But it's still not greater than knowing that the God of the universe wanted me. And he wanted you. All to himself. Come on, somebody. So, so listen to me. If you get it on this side, praise God for it. But if you don't, you still have the greatest love you'll ever experience, which is the love of the Father. On my wife's best day, it cannot be compared to the love that God shows me daily. Hallelujah. Somebody say he chose me. Now give yourself a big hug. Feels good to be chosen, doesn't it? Right? Y'all remember in our unsaved days? Right? You go out, post up, wait on them to walk by. Come on, somebody in here ain't been saved all their lives, right? Now think about it spiritually. God sent his son to die, and he zeroed in on you. And he, and, and, and he said, if nobody else comes in, that one right there is worth it. You can't feel better about yourself than knowing that. So he chose us. You want to hear a little bit more of this? Well, what, why did he choose us and what did he choose us for? Let's keep reading here. Before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy. That word holy means separate. So that tells you he didn't choose you to act like everybody else. He chose you to separate you so you could be special to him. And think about it in the natural. I chose her to separate her from everybody else, right, so that she could be holy unto me. You see how this works? See? And vice versa. She chose me so that I could be separate and holy unto her. And the greatest gift we can continue to give each other is that we never violate that. See, that I never go outside of her to have my needs met. And she never goes outside. I'm painting a picture for you. And she never goes. You see what God did? He separated you. So you know that he is all you'll ever need. And what he's telling you is don't ever let a woman take my place. And don't ever, even when you get married, don't let a man take my place. They can compliment, but they can't replace See, and if you got to do without one, do without them. Don't do without me. Come on, I need two good hallelujahs in this place.
so that we might be holy and without what? And without what? See, above reproach. Before him in love, being having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ himself. So in other words, he adopted us into his family. Man, I can just go on and on. I'm actually running out of time, out of time. I want you to think about that for a moment. Whether you have a family or you don't have a family, can you imagine being adopted into his family? You know, my son's away at a boarding school, and so I was at his baseball game on Friday, and one of the dads adopted their son. And just listen to that father talk about what that meant to him to, to give someone an opportunity at life. And it's interesting how he described that. He said, you know, uh, we, we got him when he was two. And uh, we saw that he was just a kid that we believed that if he was brought up in the right environment could be something. And so we wanted to give him a chance at life. Do you all realize that's really the same way God looked at you? He said, hey, I know they grew up without a father. I know they grew up and had some bad situations. But if I can just get them in this family. Oh, y'all ain't ready for that. Come on, I, I know you were hurt. I know you were disappointed. I know things didn't go the way they should have gone in your life. But if I can just get them over in this family, this will give them a chance to have the life they always dreamed about having. Hallelujah. Kevin here, I went to high school with him. He's allowing us to take his son with us to uh, uh, Orlando for a whole week. So essentially, we're adopting his son for a week. Let me tell you what I know about Kevin. He would not let me take his son if he didn't think I was going to treat his son the same way I treat my son. So if you see what he's done here, he's allowed me to adopt his son for a whole week. So I have a responsibility to bring him into a family that's consistent with the one he's used to growing up in. Listen, there's somebody sitting in this building right now. If he can just get you over into his family. Everything's going to be all right. Come on, I know firsthand. I grew up without a father. I had nobody to te teach me how to be a man. But once I got over into that family, man, God showed me everything I needed to do to be a man. Hallelujah. He didn't leave that up to the streets. Come on, somebody. He didn't leave that up to music. Come on, somebody. He didn't leave that up to television. He didn't leave that up to entertainment. God personally raised me up. And I believe that's for somebody. If he can just get you over into his family. I know you've been rejected. I know you grew up in a dysfunctional family. But if he can just get you over into his family, everything's going to be all right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Most of my adult life has been without my parents. But I haven't been without them. Because I got over in his family. Come on, I got a big brother. His name is Jesus. Come on, he takes care of everything for me. Come on, I have the Holy Spirit that leads and guides. Come on, direct, shows me where to go, where not to go, what to say and what not to say. I've just got to close. This is so good. He did all of this through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, not your will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, watch this, by which we could be made accepted 
in the blood. See, so many people are looking for acceptance today in all the wrong places. You know why boys join gangs? I know because I used to be in one. They want to be a part of a family. And they want to have big brothers who look out for them. All they're really looking for is acceptance. You know why girls end up giving boys sex at such a young age? Because they want somebody to accept them. You know why boys think they have to have sex at a young age? Because they're looking for acceptance. They're, they want people to accept them. And, and I'm a part of the group. And I'm, look at me. Because that's the wrong way. And the world is validating that because we don't have people standing up in the church that get the wrong kind of acceptance. God said, I want to make you accepted in the beloved. And I believed all of those lies for many years until I got adopted into the right family. And God told me that's not the right way. Save yourself till you get married. Reclaim your virginity. Don't sleep with another person until you say I do at the altar. I didn't learn that from the streets. I didn't learn that through music. I learned that from God because he adopted me in his family and he made me accepted in the beloved. He confirmed me and he affirmed me and he reassured me that I was a man and this is what a man looks like and this is what a man will do and a man will get married and he'll provide for his family and he'll take care of his children and he'll be true to his wife. He'll be responsible for what he created. Come on, somebody. That's the kind of family that God wants to adopt you in. He wants to give you a completely different paradigm about what this world is trying to tell you and what's really true and what's really real. I don't know your story. I don't need to know your story. I just need to know God. And I can tell you that if you'll receive him today, he'll make you accepted in the beloved. He'll love you. He'll affirm you. He'll confirm you. You save yourself. You do things the way he asks you to do it, and your life will never be the same again. If I had five witnesses in here, they would encourage anybody in here that's thinking like that. Listen to this, and I'm going to close. This word accepted means to be endued with special honor. God wants to adopt you into his family because he wants to give special honor to you. other day, because I've been studying this all week, all of a sudden it was like the rain dropped out of the sky. I was parked there. I only had shorts and a t-shirt on. I was like, man, I can't try to run in this gym. I'm getting ready to go in the gym. I can't try to run in this gym. And then it just dawned on me. I'm special. Just sit here. Put your hazard lights on. Somebody will come out in a moment. You'll be able to park right near the door. Two minutes went by person comes out, second parking spot from the door. They come out, I slid right in. Folks, when you become a part of this family, you get special treatment. You get the best parking spots. Come on, somebody. I don't care how crowded the mall is. When you pull up in the lot, come on, somebody. The right spot's going to open up for you. Listen to this. It means to make accepted, and it means to be highly favored. Not just favored, but highly favored. 
You know this building God gave us? He highly favored us with this building. Just in the space planning, it's amazing to hear the designers say, that was a gift to you all because had you had to pay for that, it would have cost you a lot of money. But it was already with the building. Folks, you're not just favored. You're highly favored. So stop trying to be accepted by the wrong crowds when he's already made you accepted in the beloved. I want you to go through the rest of the notes that are on you version. Did you all get anything out of this today? Hallelujah. I want you to just stand to your feet. Lift your hands to the Father today and just thank him if you're a believer for highly favoring you, for accepting you, for adopting you into his family. You haven't been saved, if you haven't been adopted, if you haven't been highly favored, today is your day to do so. Go ahead and just continue to worship him right where you are couple of things I want to remind you as you're worshiping the Father and thinking about where you're at on your journey that we just learned. God's justice requires an appropriate sacrifice for sin. There was no man that could offer that, so God had to come himself in the form of his son to give us what we could not give ourselves. God's love provided his son as the perfect sacrifice for sin. It's available to us all. So to satisfy both his justice and his love, God graciously provided us Jesus Christ. We cannot earn on our own what he has so graciously provided for us. And I want you to think about what John the Baptist said in John chapter 1, verse 29. He said, Behold the Lamb of God, referring to Jesus, who takes away the sin of the world. You don't have to even struggle with sin another day in your life because through his death, burial, and resurrection, he removed the power of it. It's still present, but it has no power in a believer's life. We're going to talk about next week the solution because God's grace is not automatic. Everyone doesn't automatically get in. There's some things that you need to do to receive what it is that he's provided for you. And I want to give some people an opportunity today. I don't know where you're at on your journey. But if you're in this building today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to become a part of the family of God. Come on, let him adopt you into his family. Let him make you accepted in his beloved. If that's you today, you don't know Jesus, I want to invite you to become, come and be a part of it. And I didn't ask you if you attend church.